Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So reading in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 89, the name of the chapter is Krishna and Arjuna retrieves a Brahmana's sons, and text 21, which actually begins that pastime. There are two retrievals in this chapter. <laughs> uh, so this is the second one. So text twenty-one. Dvaratyam tu vipra patnya kumarakaha jata matraha bhuvam sprishtva mamara kila bharata Sri Sukha Uvacha Ekadadvaratyam Ekadadvaratvam I'm sorry. Ekadadvaratvam Why am I having trouble with Dvavaratyam? I already rehearsed this. Ekadadvaratyam tu Ekadadvaratyam tu Vipra-patnya kumarakaha Jata-matro-bhuvam sprishtva Mamara-kida-bharata Ekata-dvara-vatyam tu Vipra-patnya kumarakaha Jatamatroguvam sprishtva Marakila bharata Ekadadvaravatyam tu Vipra-patnya kumarakaha Jatamatroguvam sprishtva
Say in English, once upon a time. Dwaratyam. <laughs> in Dwaraka. To. And. Vipra. Abrahmanas. Patnyaha. Of the wife. Kumarakaha. The infant son. Jata. Born. Matraha, Matraha only, only. Uh, Bhuvam the ground Spistva touching Mamara died Kira indeed Bharata O descendant of Bharata Parikshit Maharaj Translation, Sukadev Goswami said, Once in Dwaraka, a Brahmana's wife gave birth to a son, but the newborn infant died as soon as he touched the ground, O Bharata. Srila Prabhupada's purport. In this chapter, Lord Vishnu has been glorified as the Supreme Godhead. Now, Shukadeva Goswami is going to identify Lord Krishna with that same personality of Godhead by describing another pastime of his, one which highlighted his unequaled divine characteristics. I'm going to go ahead and read the next verse because it has no purport. So when you begin tomorrow, you can start with the purport. Anyway, it tells you the plot, it begins to tell you the plot here. Uh, so text 22 goes, Viprogrihitva mrittakam rajadwar yupahadarasaha idam pravaja vilapam aturo dinamanasaha The <coughs> Brahmana took the corpse that's of the child that died instantly after being born, and placed it at the door of King Ugrasena's court. Then, agitated and lamenting miserably, he spoke the following. Uh, so this is the inst- this takes place at Dwarka. So the Lord is reigning there. Ugrasena's the the king, 
Yeah. Uh, uh, so he takes this corpse of this child and brings it to the king. Uh, 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 and so the first thing, why do that? And the, the purport is that the king's responsible. Anything goes wrong in the kingdom, the king is responsible. Uh, and that's what he says. So, but but um, uh, it's got to do something, has to be done. Something is wrong somewhere when newborn infants die. And, and uh, uh, so here, uh, this uh, uh, the, uh, the, the continuity here is that uh, as it says in the purport th- there's two stories in this chapter uh, uh, so the one story tells about the dispute who's the supreme personality God there's three guna avatars uh, uh, Lord Brahma, the Guna Avatar for the mode of passion, uh, the Guna Avatar of Vishnu for the mode of goodness, and the Guna Avatar, Lord Shiva, in charge of the mode of ignorance. All three are lords. And all three can make a big claim <laughs> to running the show. And so, because Lord Shiva, for example, called the Lord of this world, because basically matters the mode of ignorance, and so that claim can be made. And Brahma is the creator and puts the whole thing together. So you know, a lot of times, if you create something, you get the patent and it's yours. Uh, so maybe he has that claim. And and Lord Vishnu is the maintainer. Well, maintenance, you know. Is, uh, that's what upholds them. Say, who's the who's the actual Lord? They all seem to be equal, and so the whole story is uh, told about the uh, when they're tested, and it turns out that Vishnu is the most uh, elevated of the three. Uh, so therefore, therefore, the first story is to establish that among the three, Lord Vishnu is supreme, as told by the the. Uh, uh, the insulting Brigupat. You know, if if you see uh, Lord Jagannath being bathed, you'll see he's got that little footprint uh, uh, the, uh, the Brigupat uh, footprint there uh, to show that uh, uh, his his tolerance and forgiveness and affection for the uh, Brahmanas. It doesn't get insulted like the other two. So that's why Vishnu has been described in the first stories. This story uh, is going to show how uh, Krishna himself is identical with Vishnu or the uh, Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Prabhupada uses this term, you know, that the coin, so far as I can see, that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, the word Bhagavan. Uh, because, uh, first of all, he uses this term Godhead, uh, which is, uh, I guess, it, 
it seems came, came into English language from the German word Gottheit, divinity, uh, you might say. Uh, so when you say Godhead, you mean Brahman, Paramatman, and Bhagavan. All those are the, 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 the Godhead, you know, the, the supreme. You can see all three features are there for the transcendent Lord as Brahman, manifested in three ways, three features, as Brahman, all-pervading, impersonal Brahman, as Paramatma, uh, within the heart of every living being, and as Bhagavan, who uh, is the Lord not only of the material universe, but of transcendence also. Uh, uh, so, uh, when you say... Uh, the person, uh, so personality of Godhead. Well, you, personality could be both Paramatma and Bhagavan. Uh, and then uh, when you talk about Bhagavan, who is uh, Paramatma, uh, Brahman is just the abstract feature of the Lord, just his sheer divinity, the Sat feature. Chit Satchit is Paramatma and Satchit Ananda Bhagavan. Like that way. So there's these three features of the Lord. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, the Bhagavan is the Lord who's uh, not only dealing with the material energy but also with his spiritual energies. And that Bhagavan has three features, has different features also. Uh, 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 particularly encounter, these are the ways that the Lord has been encountered. So uh, he's been encountered uh, by the by the impersonalists, or or at least those in Shantaras, as this uh, kind of all-pervading. Uh, feature of divinity. I mean, people have genuine spiritual experiences like this, and the sensation of merging and becoming one. I mean, all that's a valid experience. And they say, well, that's it, we've discovered. Uh, but people uh, go can go further into divinity, and then they discover that uh, in their heart there's another person, and that person, uh, that, that is an individual, and that uh, that's Paramatma. This, uh, this feature, but Paramatma is still the Lord only insofar as he's dealing with the material energy and the jivas that are in the material energy. Uh, we go further, there's Bhagavan. Uh, and this Bhagavan feature is the Lord not only dealing with the material energy, but with the his internal potencies. And that two features, majestic, of course he's majestic, he's ruling everything. If you really want to know what awe and reverence looks, it, it, it calls for awe and reverence to the maximum degree, encounter that feature of Bhagavan. As soon as you see him, whoa, your hair stands on end while you've never seen anything as great, as magnificent, as awesome as Bhagavan. So people say, wow, this is the supreme personality of Godhead. But then there's Krishna. Now, 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 Krishna is 
Well, you don't think he's so supreme because Bhagavan is sitting there, you know, with uh, like in Dwarka, you know, with, with, with all his magnificence on display. Uh, and then you see, uh, uh, here's his pastimes in Vrindavan. It's just a simple village boy. How can that be greater? You wonder, you know, how can this be supreme personality? You know, Krishna is the supreme person. Think the personality of Godhead as this this Calvary boy. What's supreme about that? Well, think of two two dials, right? Uh, uh, there's the dial of uh, of splendor, of ma- majesty, opulence, greatness. You know, that's one dial, and the other is the dial of sweetness. Because, because uh, when you get to Krishna, and uh, there's the same Supreme Lord, but now he's turned up the sweetness so much, the madurya, uh, and kind of, uh, kind of lowered, uh, not lowered so much, but uh, that sweetness is so great that it kind of obliterates the majesty. Why? Because there, the majesty gets in the way of intimate relationships. If you're always in awe of the Lord, you have to stand back a little bit with your hands put together in front of you know, and, and uh, you don't go so close. You're overwhelmed by that majesty. So now you get overwhelmed by that sweetness, and like, for example, the gopis in Vrindavan, they know, occasionally they know that Krishna is the Supreme Personality. But, well, that's nice. But then the, the real thing is that he's Krishna. Because the, and that's the greatest. That's the greatest. If you look at the, at the, at the Brahma Samhita, where it begins the description, the, the Govinda prayers there, the first one is Chintamani Prakara Sadmasu Kalpraviksha Lakshavite Surabir Apipalayamtam Lakshmi Sahasrasata Sambramuse Yamanam. Here it identifies that here you're looking at this village boy, and you can still see them in India, in rural parts of India. These just like these village kids with never wear shoes and, and uh, coming home in the evening with the cows, you know, covered with cow dust all over them. And uh, the really simple, rural, unopulent village India. But he, so here, uh, uh, first of all, yeah, their houses are made just by field stones. But every one of those stones is a chintamani. One Shintamani stone, which you touch it to anything, turns into gold, you get just one little piece of one of those, you got it made, right? So here, every little rock is a Shintamani. It just looks like a, like a little rural scene, but every rock, you know? And there's, there, there, then there's the tree called the Kalpa Viksha, that give you any fruit you want. Uh, 
And I assume that doesn't just mean tree fruit, but jewels, riches, <laughs> I mean, whatever. It grants all desires, you know. One kalpa riksha tree, you know, you've got it made. Here there's a forest of trees and every one is a kalpa riksha. But they don't care. Because there's Krishna, you know, well, that's the real thing, you know. And, and these... And then there, there's the, these these uh, village girls, you know, simple village milkmaids. I mean, Krishna and Dwarka's got these queens that are like, wow. But here, here they simple. But each one of these is a Lakshmi. So many of them. So here, so there, this this opulence is all there in Vrindavan, but it's just overwhelmed so much by sweetness that nobody cares for it. So that's why Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. This Krishna in Vrindavan, it come the, the the greatness of Krishna comes out. So here, of course, Krishna now is at. Uh, and rule and main, you know, supervising everything in Dwarka, whereas opulence is on display. Display, but here we know it's that same Krishna, uh, uh, always longing to go back to Vrindavan. Actually, uh, yeah. and you may say that well, the Vrindavan's the main thing, but here, well, if you think of Krishna and Dwarka, you may also think of Krishna wanting to go back to Vrindavan. Uh, and so that uh, that he's in Dwarka, he's still feeling separation from from Vrindavan and from Radharani, and those uh, love in the sense of separation is greater than in union uh, uh, because of the intensity of love that separation uh, brings about. So here, this is going to be established now, that this Krishna, uh, not only just Vishnu, uh, not only just Krishna and Dwarka, but ultimately that Krishna and Vrindavan is the supreme personality of Godhead. So here, this, this is going to be established now, that, that, that here, uh, uh, this... Uh, not Lord, that Lord Krishna is the same as Vishnu, and uh, uh, so here um, there are going to be a remedy uh, that the, 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 for for this apparent uh, uh, death of these uh, uh, children of this Brahmana. And the interesting thing, the next interesting thing, is that that he takes the corpse and then places, brings it to the king. And why is that? Because the king is responsible. Any anomalies in the kingdom, the king is responsible. And uh, here Prabhupada tells this story in the, in the, in the Krishna book. Uh, uh, like this. Uh, this is the chapter in the Krishna book called The Super Excellent Power of Krishna. Uh, uh, so this part is, is uh, uh, described like this. 
Uh, and here Prabhupada makes the same point that, that we have in the purport here, which is also Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is confirmed by the Lord that there is no truth superior to Krishna. Shukadeva Goswami also, in order to draw attention to the fact that among all Vishnu Tattva forms, Lord Krishna is 100% the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, narrates, uh, narrated the story of an incident which took place when Lord Krishna was present. You may ask, why does Krishna have so many forms? Because he's sustaining so many different relationships. Because to be a person means to be in relationship with other people. One person alone, you don't see that much of that person manifest. That may have different aspects of that, but when he by himself. Uh, d- does a few things, but to actually see the f- the the, the fur- full personality on display, there's relationships with other persons. So it, it's very interesting that that people are. If you t- take these philosophical terms, absolute and relative. So God is absolute. The meaning of absolute means one without a second. There is no second thing. Because the idea that, that philosophers have, that, that when you're thinking of the, the, the ultimate, is unlimited. And if there's a second thing, there's a limitation. So then by speculation, what is that that has no limited that's absolute? But then the absolute has no relationships because that's a relativity. So you start off by speculating, well, here we see everything is relative and therefore limited, so there must be that which is the greatest, has no relationships whatsoever. So then you get the idea of the impersonal absolute, because if there's some second thing, that would limit, and so they're just one without a second. But what about this world and all that other stuff? Well, not really there. It's an illusion, an illusory superimposition, as the Mayavadi said. This is how your speculation goes. Uh, so there, therefore they get this idea of the impersonal absolute. And then you start to think about the impersonal absolute, it's cognitively identical with nothing at all. It's just a big nothing, a divine nothing, a nothing with a capital N. I've seen this done by the way, in the literature, in personal literature, the nothing. And, and, and both speculators, both in the East and West, they come to this same, you know, the, this divine nothing. Well, you know, you got a problem if you're going to have the greatest of all that's cognitively identical with nothing. And Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur calls this a lax, indolent presentation of the absolute truth. Because they only go so far. It's sloppy. They're not, they're not really thinking, wait a minute, what have I done here? Something is wrong if it's cognitively identical with nothing. 
So he's supremely absolute and at the same time supremely relative. That's also supreme. So therefore, <clears throat> Krishna can't be... Dep- if, if he has no relationships, if he ha- 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 has no feelings, if he, he, he's missing out. So, so here he has relationships with all of these. Both of these are all these three, Brahman, Paramatman, and Bhagavan are there, the absolute truth. If you can't figure it out, that's okay. You know, we're actually incompetent here in the material world by our speculation, and therefore he comes and he shows himself. Here is the, both, all these things both impersonal and personal. And personal, the supreme person. And the supreme person has all kinds of relationships and then to further those, he has the most intimate sorts of relationships where he actually ends up becoming subordinate for his own, for his own satisfaction to the devotees. He becomes controlled. That's why bhakti is so high because that love of the devotee brings Krishna under the control of the devotees. So so that he gets played with when he's in his childhood form with the gopis of Vrindavan. Because he wants to enjoy that. You can't say he can't do that. Who are you to say what God can do and what he can't do? If he wants to enjoy those things, he can do it. And that's how he pulls it off. That's why if you, if you look at Bhagavatam, you'll see this phrase, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If you understand the whole presentation of Krishna in the Bhagavatam, then I, I will challenge anybody, show me the, just the idea of anyone who's greater. It's not, you won't find it anywhere. They're, uh, different religions have their ideas of God. They're not false, but they're a part of it. And you can fit them all in, and you can see that, again, Krishna is the Supreme Personality. Nobody's come up with anything higher. And the only reason you can find this out is because he comes and says, this is what I am. He shows himself and says, this is what's there. Does it blow your mind, as we used to say <laughs> in the 60s? Yeah, it does. It should. What do you think God is? <laughs> you know, it's not some, some little thing you can toy with. I mean, it's, of course it's going to blow your mind. And so we have, four, we have Prabhupada has condensed this. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. There's nothing but Krishna, yet nothing is Sri Krishna, save and accept his supreme form uh, as, as the Lord. Uh, there, when he's with his internal potencies, yeah, then, then you can see two forms, that majestic, where the majesty is there, and then where the sweetness is there. Now you may have your preferences. That's okay. There's room for everybody. So here it says, uh, 
uh, this is uh, uh, what's being, being established. Anyway, uh, once upon a time, a Brahmana's wife gave birth to a child. Unfortunately, however, just after being born and touching the ground, the child immediately died. The Brahmana's father took the child and went directly to Dwarka to the palace of the king. The Brahmana was very upset because of the untimely death of the death of the child in the presence of his young father and mother. Thus his mind became very disturbed. Formerly, when there were responsible kings, up to the time of Dwarpar Yuga, when Lord Krishna was present, the king was liable to be blamed for the untimely death of a child in the presence of his parents. That's his responsibility. To see that everything in the kingdom is going right. Some anomaly like this happens, it says Dwarpa, not Kali Yuga. <laughs> but in Dwarpa Yuga, yeah, something was wrong. And the, the king was actually held to be responsible. Similarly, such responsibility was there during the time of Lord Ramachandra. As we have explained in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the king was so responsible for the comforts of the citizens that he was to see that there was not even excessive heat or cold. The weather! The weather! Actually, we see they are responsible to some extent, or like global warming seems to have been all being caused by the irresponsible behavior of the heads of state. Of course, right now there's no world government, and it's basically the. If you say what what is what is the 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 ruling power of the world, it's basically anarchy. The word arche, the Greek word arche, means ruler. There is no ruler. You know, they're trying. Okay, United Nations, but you can see what that does. You know, not very much power. So it's anarchy, and you can see what happens when there's anarchy. Now, anyway, goes on. He was to see that there was no, not even excessive heat or cold. The seasons were in order. Now, although there was no fault on the part of the king here, he hadn't done anything wrong. As we can see, it was an anomaly, but... It was arranged by, by Krishna to, to, to show that, uh, that he was actually could take care of this problem. The Brahmana whose child had died immediately went to the palace and accused the king as follows. And that's what will happen in the next verse. He'll begin to make his case against the king, uh, Ugrasena, uh, for uh, for uh, this anomaly. There must be something wrong. Uh, uh, so that's, that's what uh, we'll, we'll understand. Uh, if, and Prabhupada mentions the first canto. Uh, and there in the, the chapters in the fir first canto, what he's referring to, in which uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, first canto, chapter 16, how Parikshit received the age of Kali, there's a whole uh, disquisition on good government. Uh, 
that that when uh, uh, when when uh, a, a, a Kali appeared and was uh, about to kill a cow, the, the cow there was a, a kind of a the, the, there was a cow uh, and a bull. Uh, the bull is Dharma, who's only uh, got one leg left. The other three are crippled. Uh, uh, and it explains the allegorical meaning of this, that, that in Kali Yuga, the heads of states will be completely irresponsible, not doing the duties of a king, and the sign of their rule is the, is the mistreatment of the cow and the bull. And there's a whole there's a whole political science uh, uh, how one to correct it. Uh, and the the cow is the earth symbolically, uh, and the bull is dharma. Uh, uh, and when the cow was being mistreated, uh, 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 th- that, that's the sign of, uh, of, 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 of Kali Yuga, where today they're, of course, being slaughtered everywhere. Uh, it's the biggest business in America, practically, you know, to supply everybody with beef uh, and so on. And there will never be any prosperity. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, we can see this is happening. And in in there, Prabhupada discusses what are the duties of the king. Uh, uh, now uh, we we don't have kings anymore. Uh, uh, and when, when in the West, when we got rid of kings, it, it was you know uh, the, this is the the French Revolution and the American Revolution was basically to get rid of kings, hereditary kings, and uh, and because I mean it became solely a matter of heredity and the traditional kshatriyas are no longer competent, and basically there was a a vaisha uh, de- de- uh, deposing of kings that's epitomized by the American. And, and the French revolutions, uh, and, and kings lost their power, and uh, and, and the, the vices came into control. Actually, that's that's what that's what really 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 happened in the in the West. Uh, and so we don't we don't have kings anymore, and, and so therefore there had to be a philosophy of government, and then there was the idea that we have rights. Right, human. We, the American Declaration. Everyone, everyone is endowed with certain inalienable rights: life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The first draft said pursuit of property, and I thought that was a little crass, so they changed it to pursuit of happiness because same thing. These are vices putting it together. This, this, uh, this const- this ultimately what became the Constitution. So this idea of rights. The American Revolution. We have certain rights, but uh, what's a right? Well, if I have a right to life, that means somebody else will have obligations or duties toward me. 
Well, what's, it, what's an obligation? Obligation means you ought to do something. Uh, who, what, what establishes oughts? Well, those were given in Scripture. An ought means an injunction. So ultimately, even though they got rid of duties, uh, they, got, they got rid of duties, they got rights and they're still there in a concealed form that somebody has duties towards somebody. Uh, uh, and those are given in Scripture. But since there's no Scripture, since there's no authority like God to say what the duties are, they have these rights floating around and nobody uh, can do them. Anyway, that's a big topic. But that's where we've gotten today. And so nobody says what the, what their governments are responsible for anymore. Well, I guess it's time to greet the deities, isn't it? I didn't leave three times of discussion. Sorry about that. Okay. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai